and we're back. It's 2019. Um, it's Kanyisa, and I'm hanging with Bongi Wendlovu and Lebuhang Kaki. And we're talking about sexual grooming. Oh, it's rough. I mean, we would want to say Happy New Year and compliments of the seasons rather, but here we are. I mean, this is stemming from the Surviving R. Kelly documentary. And um, I guess in a country that's rife with sexual crimes, it's important for us to also dip into this conversation and contextually speak about what South Africa is going through in this way and maybe things that, if possible, we can look out for, um, even though we can't con talk completely curb it. But I think this is the things, some of the things that we can look out for. Hopefully, we'll come up in this conversation. Um, welcome, Bongi. Hi, hi. Um, uh, well, thank you for the welcome, or actually for the opportunity. I mean, um, yeah, what a way to start the year. I mean, bam, just in the first week, and we're straight into sexual grooming and having that um, sort of taboo discussion that we've all kind of been avoiding because um, I believe everyone that I've had the privilege of having either a debate or discussion regarding sexual grooming um, especially linked to what is now coming up um, after the documentary aired um, is that more or less most of us have either experience or know of an experience so I'm glad that we're finally having this discussion and also hoping Nguti, um, from this sort of discussion it pumps other um, much needed um, spaces where young people can start um, discussing things that we we weren't we were not we were not even aware of sort of subconsciously happening yeah that are also contributing to the sort of um, crisis that we face in terms of youth and and the the chronic diseases and everything else that we actually are facing as young people so thank you for the opportunity and I can't wait to see what um, we unpack sure. Sure, <laughs> talk to me. Pongi says, bam, Lebo, what do you say? Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, excited. Uh, happy to just be in a space and just give some insight based on my context and uh, just look forward to expanding my knowledge within the topic too. Okay. Fantastic. So first question is your own understanding of sexual grooming. When you say umdu yam kuruma sexual identity in London, well, yeah, okay. So now my um, opinions obviously stems from the way that I was brought up and my understanding of what sexual grooming is. Um, in that, I mean, I'm Zulu. I'm raised and born and bred in KZN, um, and the, I mean, like in my tribe, there's things like kushela, mm -hmm. you know. Where even as young as, you know, I've also always been big boned. Mm. So stemming from home inside, where my sisters are much more petite and I'm the big boned one, there's al already a different treatment of me mm -hmm. in terms of how should I dress or what can't or can't I wear and, and because you have like big thighs and you're a child and what are people going to say. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, when you just want to go run and cram, you don't even realize what, what's the thing with your thighs. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So stemming from that, stemming from Ukshela where <coughs> even grown men, you know, would Ukshela you as you're going to the shop or you're going to from school. So it's, for me, that is what sexual grooming is in my context. Right. Um, culturally and also then um, there's also the taboo 
um, sexual encounters where Gudlali Zindlu or we're playing house, and then there as well, we're like sexual encounters with your peers now. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So, even there as well, as, as young as you are, you're being groomed. Okay, mama, there's a mom, there's a dad. They go into the room, they disappear if you are still young mm. or you go in there if you are chosen or whatever the case may be. So that for me is what I think is, um, and then sexual grooming in our context. Um, and also if you look at how that behavior then um, translates to the behavior when you do grow up. So mm. when you do go and get a boyfriend for the first time, what are the things that you can and you can't do having sex for the first time? It's something, it's it's not something that's new. You know what I'm mm. saying? It's something that you're being groomed from a very, very young age for you to expect to go to dating someone. And even eventually as women, you, you are sort of groomed to sort of yearn for a marriage, finding the one and saving yourself. <laughs> that is all grooming. So, so for, like, Bong is talking about so children are playing outside. Mama, dad, how how is that grooming? I don't I don't understand. Um, for me, I'll just uh, break it into two. So we start with grooming. Grooming would be you being raised in a particular way mm-hmm. so that it can prepare you for a particular role that you are going to play when you get to a particular stage. Right. Then, sexually. It would be then now, how do you then are groomed in a way that is going to prepare you so that you can be able to perform sexual activities? Right. And uh, looking at uh, from what Bungi was talking about, growing up, is for me, that becomes the most challenging uh, part for me looking back a couple of years ago because I am uh, bisexual. Mm-hmm. And uh, if at that age, I, I am in a space where I, I think I am bisexual, whereas as I mature, I am homosexual. Mm. Then it gives you that to say, when we play is in, right, I'm able to uh, portray a role of a male, okay. I am able to portray a role of a female. Right. And through that, I'm in between because how am I then channeling myself as I grow older, right. when it comes to just sexuality mm-hmm. and um, the sexual nature of me growing as a, as a, as a woman. Mm-hmm. So that became, for me, a, a bit challenging. But I think uh, sexual grooming then starts looking at how is a boy child or a girl child raised so that sexually they can be able to fulfill a particular role or right. responsibility. So, so... I mean, uh, we're talking about brought up here, and, and I, I'm flagging it because I'm wondering, are we talking about our parents? Are we talking about the boy next door? Are we talking about Umalume at the shop who just goes constantly until you're of age? Who are we talking about when we're talking about bringing up? Because you also touched on do this, do that, do this, because I mean, visa matanga, right? So for you, it's like how, but why is she not getting the same kind of of response from whoever the guardian or parent is? So when we talk about brought up, are we talking about the guardian, the parent, are we talking about the general community, or is there a specificity to who we're talking about? 
Um, so I think Wutinje takes, you know, they're saying it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. you know. So there are many different influences in, in one's life as you grow up yourself mm-hmm. and in Chirinje in general. Even us, ourselves, you know, you have Umalume who's going to accidentally show you porn, you know. Mm-hmm. So all at a younger age, because I think that's one of the things that also came up within the documentary itself that we have debated where our credit himself was stating Wutinje, he was molested and he was exposed to things like pornography and sexuality at a young age. Mm. Um, but just to put a spanner on the works and, and just to just sort of um, be the devil's advocate is that for me, is it possible, let me put it out there, to say, is it possible or why do we have a negative connotation to sexual grooming and then sort of creating a taboo if you go to Vela as an adult you're gonna be a sexual person. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So at young age you already thought, yeah, yeah, as if sex is like this nasty thing and you run in Lalizindra and hide it. Or you know what I'm saying? Ha when you come of age, then you are a sexual experience. So where are you supposed to have learned all of these things from. So why I'm saying this is because in my culture, again, as a young person, Zulu trap, as a, as a girl, you get taught would say, when you do come of age or mafukomile, these are the certain things. And then they give it to you in snippets so that when you then oh, have had your period, we were just laughing it now, then with all of a sudden you're told, stop playing with boys, na na na. Those things are done, whether incorrectly or wrong. So for me, is there a way that we could use sexual grooming to sort of, um, as a sexual orientation or training, instead of making it into a negative thing? And then two, I definitely understand that the predator element of it is what is wrong with the whole situation. If you are grooming a child for your predator needs or you want to, then that is definitely wrong. But how do we use sexual grooming in a way that we can empower young people to be... Hey, she's posed the question. Um, how, why is sexual grooming wrong? Or when we talk about sexual grooming and sexual orientation, um, in terms of understanding, are we talking about two separate things? Mm, I think probably what's, what, what, what becomes wrong in sexual grooming is uh, the method that's used. Um, if already from uh, uh, my parents saying stop playing with boys, stop doing this, stop doing this, in- instead of taking me through to say, you see now, you are at this level. Mm. Your body is going to experience this much and mm. it, you're going to be prey to these actions. Mm. Should you go into these actions, mm. results are one, two, three. But because we are told of a lot of things of what not to do more than what we can do. We are always uh, uh, forced to be fearful of certain things without knowing how they would. Like a child, if you say, don't put your finger there, you'll bend. Up until they put their finger there and they bend, that's when they will know. Mm. But if you say, they will always want to know what will happen. Mm. So we, we, we are, uh, uh, in a way, experimental people we want to test certain things out for ourselves so that they can make sense but if we could have open and honest uh, conversation which is a taboo actually within our 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 cultures where it's uncomfortable for my parents to be telling me about even just the period Mm -hmm. Uh, 
my grandmother uh, <coughs> uh, the explanation for her first period was uh, because one day came back and it was bleeding and went to umamake watching already that mm. it's alarming because how can it get there mm. you, you get me yeah. so already by then if there was education on preparation to say mm. there come a time where you are going to be exposed to one two or experiencing one two and this is how you need to deal with them mm. and maybe that can assist in solving them look if i can weigh in i think when when you use the word preparation it made more sense to me Preparation in terms of you giving me maximum information mm-hmm. about what my body is going through, about sex, mm-hmm. the pleasures, and the not so wonderful things about sex. I think that's preparation. I think sexual grooming as a concept means that mm-hmm. it's 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 and because also we think when you think about sexual grooming, we imagine that it's just females who go through it, you know. So, it's that first sexual experience for that boy with that lady who's much older, who's been calling me, who's been calling him her, her boyfriend for as long as they have known each other, which is a very young age. So, for me, my interaction with this older woman is now a sexual or sexually laced understanding I can't be who I can respect and then eventually it comes to a point where I'm proving a point to my boys and I sleep with this older woman and we always put the burden on that younger person are they fast and things like that so for me I think sexual grooming is literally you are you are creating a scope of me understanding and trusting you and seeing you in a very sexual light, even though you know better. And whereas sexual preparation, perhaps, is then you giving me maximal information. And you, if you're saying I must close my legs, why are you saying I must close my legs? You understand? If you're saying if they can sit with their legs wide open, right? It's you allowing me also to learn different things. And then when I've got questions, because generally children or younger people who have questions, then you answer at that child's rate. So that little by little that you're talking about culturally, Amazon. Then you answer at my level. I'm now bleeding. Answer me. What's going on here? What are the possibilities? And I think that's what preparation is. And I wanted to find out from you guys, in your own experiences, does sexual grooming only happen to younger people or children? I'll start with Lemo. I would say it happens to younger children. Mm -hmm. Younger children because one, already there's an adult within a picture who is already seeing potential mm. through this child. And with this potential, you are then molded in a way that you are able to be ready when you get to a particular stage. Right, right. So, and uh, with that again is, as you said, we cannot say it only happens to girl children or boy children, but Within the two, mm. there is someone who is at the stage vulnerable right. and another person has power, power. over mm. and that's a power dynamic that's sure. playing there because sure. one, you are going to be emotionally uh, 
connected to this person and they are going to make you feel like if I do this for you, you need to make sure you do the same for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter in what form, but right. as long as you are able to do that for me. So it, it starts it's from the uh, disempowered to the more empowered. Right. Yeah. So, and then they said, you know, the child is consented or the person who has been groomed because consented is partaking, is happy to be there. Like those girls in that house, right? Like uh, a, a singer I won't mention in South Africa, who likes baby food, like your purities and your nestums, right? These people are part of this circle and they are consenting to a sexual vibe with this other person, powerful or not. They've made that choice. And what would you say? Yeah, okay. So, Nala, I do agree a lot with Lebo in terms of power dynamics and right. then just um, also understanding what's that situation is not as clear as black and white there's many factors involved Mm. especially if you look at um sort of uh, mental illnesses such as Stockholm syndrome where um it has been where victims then fall in love with their captors or their abusers Mm. even look at a gpv case i mean there's nothing new there Mm -hmm. where a person is in a violent relationship but you still are in love with this person you're not leaving Mm -hmm. because I, I just can't imagine my life. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Outside of this life. Or even we say, ah, man, you know, whatever he does to me, the life that I'm living, I'm living right now is worth whatever it is that is happening. So that's nothing new. And also that doesn't make the situation right. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, I, I just think it's more of us focusing, having these discussions, also realizing the impact of um, having a healthy mental system or having uh, healthy discussions or even providing alternatives. Because what we do normally when we have discussions is just leave. We just said so easily. Why doesn't she just leave? Mm. As if that will then solve everything. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Or so why are you telling us 20 years later? You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's, there's quite a lot of things um, that are linked to such an act, especially if it's sexual, if the person is younger. Mm. I mean, many of us had things happening in our, in our youth that we never ever told right. people. It's only now that you've grown up and realizing, actually now maybe I may have been touched or I may mm. have been... Cause at the time, it just seemed like it was a normal thing, you know. Right. And even to the point of not telling your parents, mm. do you? Does that feel normal? Like mm. I know that I've just been violated, mm. and I know that as a child I can't tell my parents, you know. Mm. Or even the person who's older is then telling me, "Listen, for this and that and that and that is going to happen." You know? mm. So that is how the cycle of. Um, sort of sexual grooming is keeping victims where they are and also how we are constantly having more and more children that are falling victims because it seems as if it's not stopping right you know what i'm saying i mean if you even have a look at your bill cosby's your r Kelly's, it seems that it's a generational thing it's happening. generational mm. thing they were talking thing. about selling dion's husband mm. yeah. right mm. and it's it's weird because she was 12 and she said she was in love the parents resisted because you know the the thinking also is that 
these young people or the people who get trapped in this sort of thing are coming from families that are not traditional families where there is no mother or father. It's generally single parenthood or guardian-led households where the child is probably vulnerable or the younger person is probably vulnerable. But in instances like Celine Dion, she had two parents who said, no, we don't like this guy. And she says, me, I'm in love. But she was 12 years old. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, in this discussion, when this discussion um, came about, there, somebody told me a story about this girl, two parents again, they live in a fairly rural space, this guy is dumb, like he, he doesn't speak, or is he, um, he's got a speech impediment, and he, the kids loved him because he couldn't speak. Fingering all these girls, and they couldn't tell their parents that, hey, you know that guy we were playing with? Hey, he's also just not normal playing nice because it is because of the relationship we have, maybe as human beings, because it seems world over, the relationship we've got with sex mm. is so unhealthy that I a say. child can't say, hey, that thing was sexual and it was uncomfortable and I did not like it at all to their parents because automatically you speak about your understanding of it being, it means fast, was it and Michael right? Do you know what I mean? And I think I just wanted to speak about um, why, why is it that a lot of the times when people speak about sexual grooming or people who have experienced sexual grooming, people generally say, hi, where does that come from? Sure. I, I would use an assumption mm. and say uh, at times we, we, we want to compensate over certain things. Mm. There, are, there are people who grew in a household where there were no parents, but they, they turn out right. Mm. And I think uh, it's just in that space where you can see that people have different needs at different times. Right. And uh, whatever I need then, mm -hmm. I'm going to be for it, whether sure. I understand it or not. Sure. Then after, it's either I'm going to continue with it or I'm like, nah, this actually is not me, then move forward. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, it's just uh, then on how society we are uh, 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 wired. It takes a, a village to raise a child and uh, if we would then blame it to say Agunatata. We are then told that uh, any male figure in your area, it's your father, you need to respect them in that mm. particular way. Unless if that father, father figure starts seeing you as mm. a wife, right. then that's where the problem starts right. because it's that power dynamic. Right. I know your home uh, situation, mm. I can do things that your father could do for you, mm -hmm. so I'll play a role of a father, right. yet over time it's going to translate to something else. Right. Yeah. That's that's actually the epitome of grooming. Mm. The one second, she chilled, I trust mm. you, yeah. you mm. mentor me, you guide me, mm. you do the, all these wonderful yes. things for me. The next second, right? And also, like, I, I never want to forget, um, there's a story of a young boy as well, right? Ten years old, clearly, um, kept saying to my mother, mother my, my penis is burning, my penis is burning. And then eventually the mother's like, hey, you know, because young, young boys at that age are also masturbating. Maybe he pulled himself too hard, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. Takes the child to the doctor, the doctor goes, STI. Turns out, 
Highly comfortable. The nanny's been with them for over three years. The nanny is busy with this little one. Right, so we th- we have an image of what a predator looks like. Mm-hmm. Right, can never be a father figure. Mm-hmm. Must be a this. Mm-hmm. Must be a that. Mm-hmm. Could never be a decent looking human being. Must have certain characteristics. In the meantime, when a person's got predatory or psycho, a, a certain kind of psychosis in that way, they make it their point to blend in full, fully. And I think we we need to close this now, but. What I wanted to find out is what do you anticipate we should look out for? And in addition to that, what exists right now in this country to protect the younger ones, to protect also the vulnerable? Because it's not just young people that are vulnerable to predators. I mean, we talk about the entertainment industry. We talk about we talk about in our jobs where you come in, you are new. Your boss is nice to you, or your coworker is nice to you. One, two, three, four, five, six. Suddenly, all the while, this person being nice to you with the absolute end point of sexually abusing you, sexually molesting you in many forms. So, for me, what I want to know is what exists right now to protect us from that, and what do we look out for as parents, as sisters, as brothers? What do we actually look out for and what exists legislatively to protect us? Um, so before we even start entertaining leg- legislature and everything out there to look out for, I think, Mina, we need to take it back to self. You know mm. what I'm saying? I think one of the things that we can agree on is that historically there has been a lot of either sexual grooming or improper sexual interaction. So am I that predator now? Because mm. we're so blasé about it, mm. you know? So if you look at yourself um, as a sexual being, you know, or has there been instances where you are being improper? Because, I mean, you think of a work scenario where you go, yo, nice, nice. You know what mm. I'm saying? And then are you now that person who's harassing? I think so that's the first point of content to just evaluate yourself. And I think part of the role that I'm currently playing this year within the Activate Network, which is um, the capacity building department, is where we're looking at risky behavior within mm-hmm. us as young activists. Because believe it, ironically enough, that's one of the spaces where it is rife. It, right whatever sexual in, in inappropriate sexual inactivities there's a lot of risky behavior within such spaces and right. that's where we operate as well right. so am i that person of power now mm. who is maybe going Ooh, that mm. if you know mm. and then too how do i then if i am get fixed because as we said earlier it's quite um psychological mm. so mental health institutions um for children there's child line um <clears throat> also using google also okay will give you link you up to various initiatives or either projects or even organizations that can assist um but it's very hard to you start helping the world and that's the tendency that we have to just start helping the world before realizing am i also part of the problem or not i mean i've seen i've had countless conversations with men that didn't realize what their behavior is actually very it, it you know we have a very high rape culture yeah. where we've normalized it to such a point where it's kind of blurry mm-hmm. or are you you know sexually harassing me you know what I'm saying? When when does it become okay? Because in the mind's head right now, you just 
<coughs> let me just not say men because you see that's the thing that we do again that mm-hmm. way we ju- it's just a man mm-hmm. who's a predator yeah, right. but, but even us as females as well we do have instances where we do use our feminine f- whatever mm-hmm. to get our way so right. where do we also need to be part of the solution and then after that i think then um, we can start looking at science also externally mm-hmm. so who around you because normally sexual um Young people, as you said, are ashamed, or there's a type of so maybe also creating more platforms where we can have this discussion without repercussions, without fear, without um, discrimination, right. where you can also state your experience as a bisexual or a lesbian woman, and I can share mine as an because mm. at some point we need to start talking about it, sure. you know? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that, Bongi. Starting with self. <laughs> yes, uh, I think Bongi said a mouthful, starting with self and uh, constantly evaluating how are you feeding into the system that you are already fighting against. Sure. Because if we are in check with our actions, then it's easier for us then to regulate ourselves when we feel like, no, no, now I think I'm moving to a site that I shouldn't even be. Mm. And uh, moving forward, uh, let's have more open... Uh, conversations uh, with uh, those around us even mm. as doesn't matter how young they are mm. it's important that uh, people start knowing which are touches that are acceptable and touches that are not sure. uh, and be conscious about uh, their body and how they feel about certain things because in doing that we are going to alleviate having experiences now where uh, a 45 year old is coming and say at this age someone did one two three to me mm-hmm. then i did not see anything wrong with it but now i realize that there was everything wrong about it Absolutely. because it did not come from me wanting but at that time i was a teenager i was happy for the attention and and and, and. but how do we then uh, say to these younger ones a life that you want to live then you need to start living it now right. and being content with where we are because at times we want to catch up with trends and these trends most of the time they don't lead us anyway they expose us and they make us more vulnerable or gullible to everything that exists out there so how do we then track back and say be content and uh, the rest will follow all right you heard it and my way in on this is that there is no one-year-old Makoti, there is no one-year-old Mkwenyana, there is no small baby with big bums that needs to cover up, there is no teenager who has much more responsibility than a grown-up. Um, sex is supposed to be a healthy thing when that person is fully ready and fully capable of being able to assert their power and they are comfortable within their identity. And if you know that you are acting inappropriately with young kids, you are an R. Kelly. If you know that people feel largely uncomfortable around you because of your sexual innuendo and how you keep pushing the sexual agenda onto them and they're powerless, you are part of the problem. So we're checking self here. We're gonna go to the law, but right now we're checking self. And we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. This has been a very hectic conversation. And I think we need to also look out for that Omotoso case because that's also another space where you can 
visibly see how religion also plays, not religion as an entity, but religious spaces give comfort to people who have that kind of psychosis to begin to groom girls for a choir, but later use them for sexual pleasure. Thank you for spending time with us. Um, we will be talking about other stuff. Yes, man. Happy New Year. <laughs>